so good. Oh my gosh. And look at where, you know what? Let's start with this. Where are my paper Bible people at? We got some paper Bibles in the house today? Where's some paper Bibles? Put it in the air, wave it like you just don't care. There you go. Come on. It's so, so good. We got some good ones. We got some good ones. That one's a thick one. I like that one. So good. All right. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah. We're going to old school, Old Testament. Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to hang out there for most of the message. While you're turning there, I'm going to say hi to the people online. We got a lot of people watching online today. Lynn Leppelman, love you, girl. Thank you for watching. Lynette Lawson, thank you for watching. Carolyn McKinney, you're incredible. Love you so much. Stacy Vargas, love you, lady. Robbie Burns said, thank you for watching. Monica Harper, you're incredible. Amber Delavera, love you. Drew Urbasic, I'm sorry it's raining in Houston, but I'm glad you're watching. Oh, Phil Norman, love you, dude. Glad you're watching. Let's see, I won't miss anybody. Crawford Height is double dipping, cheating. I told you we have cheaters in this church. John Hassler, love you, man, from, from Muskogee, Oklahoma. And uh, Adam Hayden is watching from the baseball diamond while his boys are kicking butt, taking names, playing some ball. All right. Shout if you are ready to get in the word. Good, good. Last week we talked about being under siege. Did anybody enjoy that message? It's a good message. Anybody watch that online and you're here today to watch again, right, to get, in, get into this thing? Well, what was, what was the big point that kind of I shared? You guys remember? The weaker the vessel, the greater the glory. The weaker the vessel, the greater the glory. The weaker the vessel, the greater the glory. Come on, God gets so much good and good glory when, uh, when he works through our weakness. Amen? All right. Well, this message, we're going we're gonna to continue in this vein a little bit in siege. So this is going to be siege part two. And tell your neighbor, the title of today's message is intimidation. Intimidation. You have to say it that way, don't you? You just have to say it that way. I, I, I can't even remember the movie that's from. Can you? In, Little Giants, right? Right? They, these guys are getting ready to, they're playing, ba- is it football or baseball? Football. Football, right? I, I don't even know. It's not hockey, so it doesn't really matter. But, uh, but these, guys are, these guys are going out to play some football, and they're doing their thing, and, and this little guy is just getting ready. He's like, intimidation, right? He's just getting into it and getting ready. Is anybody with me? I love that stuff. I love that stuff. I want to give you the definition of siege again. I gave it to you last week, but it's a military operation in which enemy forces surround a town or building, cutting off essential supplies with the aim of compelling the surrender of those inside. I think some of us have felt that more times than we want to admit. Is there anybody in here like that? You're going like, dude, I feel like everything's coming from every angle. I'm under siege. I'm dealing with this thing. And and today we're going to go in specifically and talk about intimidation. Intimidation. So shout if you're in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. Here is where I sabotage the names of every Arab person in the Bible. Are you ready for this? Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of the enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Though we had not yet set up the doors in the gate. Verse 2. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Somebody say, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Here it comes. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. Verse 3. So I replied by sending this message to them 
I am engaged in a great work. Somebody say great work. I am engaged in a great work so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Verse 4. Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to us today. God, that you're going to show us that we're doing a great work, and there's something important at stake. And Father, I just ask that you speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Do as you will. This is your service. I just get to be the mouthpiece. God, I thank you for that honor and opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Question for you. Do we see the enemy's intentions for us? When we know his tactics, we can thwart his plans. Did you hear me? See, the enemy has intentions for us. He does, for each and every one of us. It's to get us off task. It's to get away from the mission. Are you with me? If he can get you away from the mission, oh my gosh, we'll be chasing our tails. I was enjoying watching my, my uh, seven-month-old puppy chase his tail. Like this dude just goes after it. Are you with me? Like that tail doesn't stand a chance. He's running faster and faster every day, training to be able to get this tail. Are you with me? And I think some of us have gotten just as good at chasing our tails. Woo. Man, we've gotten to where we can just run in circles. We can be exhausted but seem like we're going nowhere. Is anybody with me? Come on, somebody. I, I knew I was preaching to the right church today. It's going to be a good day. Tell your neighbor, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Come on, it's going to be a good day. Here's point number one for my note takers. Do I have some note takers in here today? Where are my note takers? Yep, little little woots, a little, bunch of woots in here. All right, that's good. For, for our point number one this morning is I will recognize the enemy's plot and respond with God's plan. Come on, are we ready? I will recognize the enemy's plots and respond with God's plans. Can I tell you something? God's plans for your life are amazing. Are amazing. Like, not even just, not even just like they'd be fun plans. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this afternoon because there's some fun plans. Are you with me? Like, I love going to the pool. I love being out there. Anybody like water slides? Like, I like going down the water slide. Are you with me? It's going to be a good time. And I'm a big fan of hot dogs. Do we have any fans of hot dogs in here? Some of you are like, that's disgusting. Well, bummer for you. I got to pick what was for lunch today. And it's going to be hot dogs. It's going to be Hebrew national hot dogs. Come on, somebody. Some, some good, good stuff. I'm excited. But God has amazing plans for your life, and you are not an accident. When I wrote that in my notes today, I was thinking about, man, you are not an accident. I felt like somebody needed to hear that. Because there's, there's times in our lives where we're, we're considered an accident. I just want to take a moment, just for a minute right here. I really felt the Holy Spirit point this por portion out to me. Because I felt like somebody was feeling like, I don't even belong. There's no point to my life. I'm an accident. Like, and I want to tell you, when, when my mom had me, she didn't know who the dad was. Could have been one of any three guys that last month. Now, I know we all have our own past. We've lived our lives and we've done things maybe we shouldn't. But I can only imagine what that was like for a new mom not knowing who the dad was. And so I could live my whole life believing that I was an accident. Come on, I know there's some people in here, you believe you're an accident. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe your parents even spoke that over you, right? All of a sudden, it's like, well, we had planned your brother and we planned your sister, but you, <laughs> surprise, right? You were an accident. You, we, didn't, we didn't have you on purpose. Can I tell you something that God put you here on purpose? No matter how you got here, God put you here on purpose. He put you here for a purpose. Somebody give me an amen. You were strategically placed for kingdom impact. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, you were strategically placed for kingdom impact. You can talk to the person behind you. And maybe put some deodorant on so that people sit next to you next time. It's, it's okay, it's okay. We all, we all stinketh at times in the name of Jesus. The very fact that the enemy is trying to intimidate you is evidence that you are a threat. The very fact that the enemy is trying to intimidate you is the fact that you are a threat. Are you with me this morning? Come on, somebody. In Deuteronomy, come on, we're we're staying in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Come on, somebody. Verse 8, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do, and you will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Verse 9, if, somebody say if. Oh, man, sometimes I just, I like the blessing, but why do you got to add the if? Are you with me? Like, if, here, here it is, it's contingent upon something. Like, I love, is anybody like me, they like free stuff? And then it says, like, 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 you get those ads that say, hey, you get this free thing if you fill out all these surveys and all these things, and it's probably a scam, and you're never going to get that free thing anyway. Are you with me? Right? Nobody's with me? Okay. I, I'm not that guy that, like, gets sucked into stuff. Are you with me? <sighs> if you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you. Somebody say establish you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Verse 10, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. Now, I like this little section of scripture, because it says in that first verse there, on on verse 7, the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. When. There was no if there. Did you hear that part? The, when? Does any, has anybody not been attacked yet in their life, like spiritually? And, and Okay, I'm talking to the right people. There's one in the back. Okay, good. We got one perfect person. If anybody needs blessing, just go. No, I'm just kidding. We've all been attacked in different ways, haven't we? We've experienced it all over the place. And, and it's not if we get attacked, it's when we get attacked. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Come on, I love God's promises. Attacks are not if, but when. Attacks are coming. Tell your neighbor, attacks are coming. When you are doing God's work, there are two things you can bank on. Are you ready? Two things you can bank on. You are doing an important and good work, and you will experience opposition. When you are doing what God has asked you to do, you are doing something important. Now, some of us, we don't feel like it's important. Right? You're like, well, I just set up and I tear down. and you know, I, I know this man in front of me who I love very much. He always says, I'm just a grunt. 
No, what you do is important. Are you with me? What you do in the kingdom is important. You're always being watched. You're always being seen. There's, there's power of watching and trusting God in the midst of all those circumstances. Are you with me? You're doing something important. And the second guarantee when you're following Jesus is there will be opposition. There will be attacks. It's not an if. It's a when. There will be attacks. So where do we want to be when those attacks happen? That's the question. God has a calling on your life. Tell the person next to you, God has a calling on your life. God has a calling on your life. When you choose God's plans, you get God's guarantees. Come on. Did you read that one verse with me where he guarantees a blessing? Verse 8, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and, your, and will fill your storehouses with grain. That means he's going to bless what you do. Keep going. So that's a word for somebody this morning. Keep going. He's going to bless what you're doing. Keep going. Don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. He's going to bless what you're doing. It's his guarantee. When it's his will, oh, he pays the way. Are you with me? He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Is everybody still excited today? Oh, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. My point number two this morning for my note takers is when we choose God's plans, we receive God's guarantees. When we choose God's plans, we receive God's guarantees. Now, I'm not saying that everything you do will be blessed by God. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Because everything you do will not be blessed by God. There are, I, I've got some sinful people in here. Are you with me? We, we, we choose things that are not something that God wanted us to do at times. Are you with me? And guess what? He's not going to bless that. Are you with me? He's not going to bless that. But when we're walking in the will of the Lord, when we're saying, God, here I am, use my life however you decide. And when we stay in that position, and then he says, here's what I want you to do. And he gives you something to do. No matter what that something is, it can seem silly to us. God likes to, to profound the wise, profound the fuel, fools with all this information. All right? He likes to show off that he's bigger than anything you think. Are you with me? So he'll ask you to do something small. I remember when I got out of the Marine Corps, and uh, it was 2009, the economy's terrible. Finding a job was next to impossible. And I remember going into our, our local subway and putting in an application. And they saw my application. I just got done working on multi-million dollar equipment in the military, leading all these men, doing all these things. And they said, why do you want to be a sandwich artist? Are you with me? And because and they, they're like, you're qualified to do a whole lot more. Why would you want to be a sandwich artist? I said, because making sandwiches pays more than doing nothing. And I got a family to take care of. So I'll make sandwiches like nobody's business. Are you with me? I'm ready. Like, like put me in, coach. I'm the sandwich artist of the month. Like, are you with me? You know, anybody? Come on. Sometimes it's just saying yes to the little things. The things that seem like this doesn't make sense. This isn't a very good career move. I'm not one day going to be the sandwich artist of all time, like the, the greatest sandwich artist. You know, it's not going to happen. It's not my career. It's not what I want to do with my life, but it pays the bills. It takes care of what needs to take care of, and I'm being diligent with what God's given me. Are you with me? Be diligent with what God's given you. It's a word for somebody this morning, too. Be diligent with what God's given you. Now, I'm going to toot my horn a little bit. I'm going to be arrogant. Are you with me? 
They'd be like, if you want to get mad at me being arrogant, fine, do that. That's fine. It's, it's, but it is what it is for a minute. I am a hard worker. Do I have some hard workers out there? I'm, I am not lazy. Do I have some not lazy people out there? Are you with me? I mean, the lazy people didn't even raise their hand right now. They're like, mm. like I just can't. That's a little too much for me, Pastor. You know, like, I don't know about that. When I became a sandwich artist, I worked hard. And I'm, I'm not even joking with you. My first day on the job, I was employee of the month. I'm not joking. I'm, I mean, I wish I was joking because it's, it's that sad. Are you with me? I was employee of the month my first day. And because I didn't see this as my end-all, be-all and just sit there and depressed going like, well, here I am. I'm making sandwiches now. Look how much of a loser I am. I got, just got done working on helicopters in the Marine Corps, but here I am. What, what kind of cheese did you want? Did you want that toasted? Okay, you know. Double meat, you know, like, like are you with me? Like, I could have been so depressed, but instead I, thought, I saw it as an opportunity. If God gave me this job, then maybe he's going to do something even bigger. Maybe he's going to do something even better. I said yes to you, Jesus. Now I'm expecting you to do something. And so every single person who walked through that line was my next best friend. Are you with me? I'm like, hi, how are you? What's your name? Oh, John, nice to meet you, John. Hey, how, what kind of veggies can I get for you, John? Like, how, how's your day been? Oh, my goodness. Have you had this kind of cheese before? It's incredible. And you just start talking to people. And all of a sudden, I'm like, it's great to meet you, John. Have a great day. And I'd run over to the other side of the line. Hi, what's your name? Susie, nice to meet you, Susie. How's, how's work been today? da 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 all of a sudden, they had so many compliments from customers that the manager was like, it's his first day, but I have to give you employee of the month. We're supposed to pick it today, but you got more compliments in one day than everyone else got in the whole month. Listen, all of a sudden, you change your perspective and you see what God is doing in the small things. And you say, Lord, I'm believing for great things. I got so many cards over the counter. Hey, if you're looking for a better job than making sandwiches, let me know. I'll call you later. <laughs> Are you with me? Like God's going to do something. Are you with me? We've got to start looking at a different perspective. When we choose God's plans, we receive God's guarantees. Let's go back to Nehemiah for a minute. Back to verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5. The fifth time. Sambalet's, however you say that guy's name, girl's name, I don't even know who that is. Sambalet's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come over and talk with me. Verse 8. I love this guy. I replied, There is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. Verse 9. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Are you with me, somebody? Come on. Come on. Verse 10. Later, I went to visit Shemaiah and Deliah. Yeah, Deliah. Yeah, there we go. That one worked. And grandson, Mehetabel, something like that, who was confined to his home. He said, let us meet together inside, 
the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. Verse 11, but I replied. Come on. I, I love that all these buts he puts in the middle of these things. But I said, but I replied. Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. Verse 12, I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Senebal had hired him. Verse 13, they were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Verse 14, remember, oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Senebal have done. And remember, Noadiah, the prophet, and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Come on. Is anybody enjoying this so far? God's word is so fun, isn't it? What is the work? What is the work that God wants to finish in you? What is the work? Here we have Nehemiah is building the wall. He's almost done. And he's getting accusation after one thing, after blame, after all this stuff. He's just, he's getting a prophet that comes and says, they're going to kill you here. Let me save your life. And he says, no, you're lying. You were paid to lie to me. Are you with me? How many of us, when we're fighting for something, all of a sudden you're getting accusation. The enemy's accusing you of things in your head. Maybe you're getting physical accusation by people you work with. Other things, your, your ex-spouse, all these things that you go through, you're getting accusations, trying to get you away from the work that God has called you to. See, that's it right there. Once we realize what the real tactic is, see, any one of those things in my humanity, I would have been like, oh, I probably should go talk to them. But how much longer would the work take? How much longer would it take to get done what God called me to do if we keep coming off the wall? Ah, uh, you know what? Hang on, guys. I got to go talk to these guys. They're, they're going to kill me. They're actually accusing me of, of wanting to be a king. You guys know that's not true, but I got to go down here and talk to them so that, so that we don't go to jail for building this wall. Are you with me? Like, how many in our humanity would have been like, I need to go and take care of this? Are you with me? It needs attention. I, it can't go without attention. It doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're shouting right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get people in trouble. People are going to go to jail because of me. Are you with me? In my humanity, i got to tell you, too many times I was not Nehemiah. Too many times I went down, okay, let's talk about it. Let's try to figure this out. Like, I want you to know I love you. I care about you. Let's, let's try to make this work. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that until it's taking away what God's told me to do. Are you with me? Now I've gotten off the work that God wants me to do with my life, and I'm too busy trying to, trying to answer everybody's questions. It's really just trying to keep the work from being done. Is anybody with me? Come on. There's something being done in your family. There's something being done in this city. There's something being done in this country. And too many distractions have pulled us away from the work. Are you with me? There is a city that we live in that needs to know Jesus. I had my heart broken this morning. As I was reading a post on, on social media, Chelsea's amazing. She got rid of social media. She hasn't been on social media for months and months and months. She checks it like every once in a great while. She's like, I don't need that in my life. I don't need that input. I don't need those things. That's awesome. I am not as disciplined as her. Are you with me? 
I'm reading through, and I see one of my old friends, an old pastor friend. And, and he, he, he wrote in there because somebody was congratulating him and saying, good job for standing up for this thing. And, and it wasn't a godly thing. And, and he said, it's good to see Christians that, that believe this, even though it wasn't true. And he wrote her back. He said, I, I gave up my, my belief in Christ. I do not consider myself a Christian. I, I walked away from the faith. And that broke my heart because this, this warrior in the faith got his faith ripped out of him. And I got to be honest with you, 2020 to 2022, I've watched pastor after pastor after pastor come off the wall because somebody's accusing them of something. Because, because COVID's a thing and people, everyone's dying everywhere and we need to close down churches and we need to do all these things. And, and, and I've, I, I took over a church for somebody who just couldn't do it anymore, who got overwhelmed and it was just too much and I can't handle it anymore. I watched my friends fall all around me, one after another after another, coming off the wall. And I felt like, am I the crazy person? What's wrong with me? Maybe we should all just quit. We could do, we could do house churches. I could preach from my living room. You can watch from your living room. Why do we do this? I've been try- people have tried to call me off the wall. And I've gotten off the wall quite a few times. And then I sit and wonder, how come we haven't seen the growth that God said was going to happen yet? It's my fault. Are you with me? It's time to stop getting off the wall. Like When we're asking God for miracles, we're asking God to move. We're asking God to do things in our life. But yet we get off the wall for every little thing. We get away from the work for every little thing. The enemy has a plan for your life, and it's to keep you chasing your tail so that you're never effective, so that you wonder if faith was even worth having. Chasing my tail, chasing one spiritual experience after another. You're you're not chasing the Lord, you're chasing experiences. You're chasing feelings. I've had so many people quit church because, ah, it's just not feeding me anymore. You don't need to be fed if you're feeding yourself. We just get encouraged of what God wants to do next. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Woo. They are trying to intimidate us. What lies and intimidations are your enemies using to call you down from your purpose? Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's accusations of other people. But what is the enemy using to call you down? God has a calling on your life, and the enemy has a mission to sabotage it and call you down into destruction. Is anybody with me today? I'm going to give you a glimpse into the enemy's playbook. Are you ready? John 10, verse 10 says, the thief's purpose, here's the enemy's purpose in your life. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus is saying this, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. When you get called off of your mission of what God's told you to do, because you got to go take care of this thing. you got to go take care of this thing. Have you heard what people are saying about you? You need to address it. Are you with me? And then I have to ask the question, do you? 
because I've spent too much of my life addressing things and not getting the work done. Is anybody with me? I need, because here, here's what happens. When, when you go get the work done, people see what God did through your life and they go, oh my gosh, that's incredible. How did, because I stopped listening to everybody else and all their complaints and everything. Every time that I got called off of the wall, I just, I just didn't respond anymore. Hey, listen, I don't have time for you. I'm doing a great work. Why don't you get to work instead of complaining about what I'm doing? Are you with me? Is anybody with me? I'm doing a great work. I don't have time for this. I love you. And if you want to come with me, if you want to complain and build the wall with me while we're at it, hey, let's talk about it. Let's rub elbows. Let's work hard. But we're going to see God come into this place. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to see if anybody came from the, from the ice cream thing that we did. I told a few of them. I'm like, I kind of scream a lot. I don't know if that's your flavor of, of preaching, but... I kind of scream a lot. Here's, here's point number three. God is faithful to finish his work in you. God is faithful to finish his work in you. We got to get to this place where the intimidation doesn't pull us off the wall anymore. That intimidation of what people are saying about you, what, your, what th- thoughts are being had about you. And, and some of those things are not even real. They don't even exist. Some of them are in our head. Are you with me? I got, I'm going I'm to call it a rebuke. That's kind of a harsh word, but I'm going to call it a rebuke. I got rebuked last week. Is anybody okay with being rebuked? Uh, I didn't see any volunteers. <laughs> I got rebuked last week because... When I told everybody, I said, hey, we're going to work with the radio station, but, and they want to put my sermons on there, and everybody cheered, and I said, but I said no, and then everybody went, oh. That was my first rebuke. I felt that, and I was like, oh, man, did I do the wrong thing? Like, Lord, I'm sorry. Then I had somebody come up to me afterwards, and they said, hey, um, I felt like God told me to tell you that you're not saying no to the vine, you're saying no to Jesus. I was like, dang, rebuke number two. Are you with me? And then one more time before I got out the door. Come on, some of us, you just got to run out the door. Are you with me? (laughs) One more time before I got out the door, I had one more person say, Pastor Justin, I just think that so many people would be encouraged by the message if they heard it on the radio. And I said, okay. I told her, I said, can you pray for me then? Because I don't want to fall into pride. And that's what I'm afraid of. Are you with me? Then we were at youth on Tuesday, and I'm still thinking about this. I'm still praying about it. Should I put my sermons on the radio. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do this. And we're talking, and, and Ed shared, he said, you know, my, my issue that I have, like, that I need to get fixed with God is my, my fear of success. And I said, that's it. That's it. I'm afraid to be too successful. I don't want to be known. I, I, I watched, I had, a, I had a very awesome business back in the day, back in 20, 2008, 2009, and, and I failed miserably. Failure in business is not bad. Failure in business is good. You learn. You learn from it. But at the time, I didn't see that as a learning opportunity. I just saw the 43 people that were working with me who I failed. That's what I saw. And when I look out here, I love all of you. And I don't want to fail you. Are you with me? I'm being real vulnerable right now. I'm just being real with you. This is my humanity. Do you guys have some of that? just want to make sure. But I don't want to fail you. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to be on fire for him. I want you to be so excited about all that he's doing at all times. And I want you to focus on him and not focus on me. 
It's one of those things when somebody says, hey, we want to put you on the radio. And I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want it. I don't want anybody to focus on me. But then he's, when Jesus says, hey, no, I want you to be the person who's broken that I use so that I get the glory, not you. See, there's all these other pastors that would probably get, want the glory. There's probably people that call for these things. Like, I haven't asked for almost any of the things that God has done in this church. It's one of those things, like, I ask for the opposite most of the time. Are you with me? I'm like, I don't want to do this. When they wanted to launch us as our own church, I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why are we doing this? Like, this is a terrible idea. We need a better leader. Are you with me? Like, let's vote on it. I, I vote no. You know, like, <laughs> but it's, God shows off in all those weaknesses. Because the weaker the vessel, the greater the glory. So then I said, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do this unless things line up perfectly. You ever do this with God? You guys do this? Like, I'm not going unless this lines in place and that lines in place and that lines in place and then I'll think about it. Are you with me? So I had a meeting with, with them this week and they, they asked me again, hey, can we put your sermons on the, on the radio? And I was like, ah, I really don't want to and this is why. And, and they said, okay, well, I, I really think that you'd be such an encouragement to the valley and da, da, da. okay, okay, well, let me. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if, if I've got a tech guy who, who, who cuts and splices and does all that stuff for our sermon, if he's willing to do a special thing just for the radio, then I'll, 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 I'll think about it. Are you with me? I made, yeah, I made that call, and, and he's like, Pastor, of course. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Let's do this. Let, let's go. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Like, like hey, you want like an intro thing? You want an outro thing? You want this thing? Like, like we can make this thing like really, you want to, like, we can do like a talk show. Like, I'm like, no, 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 bro. Like, chill out for a minute. I'm like, okay, crud. Okay, crud. You know, like you're looking for a closed door. Like, you're like, this one's open too far. It can't be that one. Like, let's, there's got to be a closed door around here somewhere. We're never going to. You see what, what I experienced, that pain of hurting people. Back in, in 2008, 2009, the enemy took me off the wall and reminded me what I did before and how I failed and how many people were hurt. And that pain is not something I want to go back to. Is anybody with me? There's things in your life like I've had people who've been so hurt by church, they're like, that pain is not anything I ever want to go back to. Are you with me? But God's saying, hey, no, I want you to be here. I want you to do this. I want you to build this. I want you to go after this. Are you with me? Here we go. Let's go. Verse 15. So on October 2nd, I like this. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had began, begun. 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 Verse 16. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Verse 17. During those 52 days, many lead letters went back and forth between Tobiah and his nobles of Judah. Verse 18. For many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him because his father-in-law was sick. Shechaniah, Shechaniah, sorry, Shechaniah, son of Arah and son of Jehoahim, <laughs> was married to the daughter of Meshulam and Bechariah, Bert, Bricker, Bricker, whatever, Bricker, Bricker, one, nine. 
verse 19. <laughs> they kept telling me about Tobiah's good deeds, and they told him everything I said, and Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. Listen, even when you get it done, the letters still come. The fight still comes. See, the fight's not going to stop coming. We can't go take care of it so that we can work harder. Are you with me? We can't go take, go do this thing just so that, oh, hey, you know what? I'll tithe as soon as I get my finances straight. No, we can't wait for that. You say, God, I trust you at your word. And when you say, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Like when you start walking in those things and you say, hey, I'm not coming off the wall. I've got stuff to do. I've got an important work. Shut your mouth. Are you with me? Is anybody with me today? I know, I know. I'm shouting a little much. I, you're like, that's a little much, Pastor. Like, like, I like shouting at this level, but not so much at that level. Guess what? I'm doing a good work, and I don't care what you have to say. I love you. It's time to get to work, church. It's time to get to work. There's a good work to be done. Amen. There's a city to be taken, and it's waiting on each of us to put our circumstances aside to say, hey, I don't care if they're complaining about me. Hey, I don't care if these things aren't lining up. Hey, God said, and here I'm coming. Are you with me? Many buckle, many of us buckle under the constant intimidation of the enemy because it's constant. It doesn't slow down. Are you with me? Like, like when, you, when you first had kids and they're, they're, they, they cry and they poop and they do their thing and you're just going, oh, it's so cute, it's so cute, it's so cute. And then they get to where they're like three and four. Mom, mommy, mama, mom, I'm sleeping. Are you with me? It's the constant part. That all of a sudden, you're not that sweet mom you were when you were looking at her. Oh, my God, the little crying and the poopies. And, oh, it's so good. Now it's like, shut the front door. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Constant intimidation of the enemy. Many give in to his continuous taunts and accusations. We get in our heads that if we come down from the calling of God that He has on our lives, that somehow the constant calls from the enemy will stop. That in itself is the lie. His purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have a purpose. But I have a purpose. But we have a purpose. He's going to live out His purpose to try to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not going to stop. He's not going to slow down. Are you with me? The only difference is we stop getting off the wall. We start going, hey, you can try to steal that from me, but you won't steal my joy. Are you with me? You can try to kill my relationships, but I'm going to bring God's love back into it. Oh, you can try to destroy my family, but I'm coming after you. God's got a call on my life, and we're going to build this thing. And my favorite part, my favorite part was in, in verse 16. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They were frightened and humiliated. Why? 
Because so many things try to take us off course. So many things try to take us off the wall. So many things. You know what those things are not doing? Accomplishing anything. Every negative person in your life is accomplishing nothing. They're bringing you down. Because they got nothing better to do. What if? What if we just grew a pair? Are you with me? I'm talking about fruits and apples. and No, I'm just kidding. What if we, ha- we grew a, a, a set of faith? Are you with me? A full set of faith. So that we could see God do a great work. And when they are frightened and humiliated, you say, listen, I was frightened and humiliated at one point too. I used to be just like you. And I stopped listening to everybody else. I stopped listening to all the contrary voices that say you can't do this. You're too old. You're too young. You're too fat. You're too this. You're too that. Are you with me? And you just start going, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let them shout. Send another letter. I don't care. You know what? Send them another one back saying, just like that. Yeah. I don't have time for that. Is anybody with me? I don't have time for this stuff. That's right. You can put that on, on Twitter. I'll show you. You got to spell it out. Spell it out. It's your purpose, Christopher. It's your purpose. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is doing a good work in and through your life. I'm just telling you, the next time that somebody tries to get you off the wall or something tries to get you off the wall, you tell it what's up. You say, no, I'm too busy. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing what God's called me to do. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's better, it's easier, it's this, it's that. Are you with me? Listen, the way that we have built church for these last three years, our little baby coming out of diapers, are you with me, is hard. I've been told by pastor after pastor, you can't do that for very long. Says who? Says who? Because those same pastors settled for a tiny little building. And now they can't figure out how to grow out of it. I'm not settling. Are you with me? Like, I've, I've been offered buildings that, that seat 100, and I've told them it's too small. And they looked at me when we had 35 people in our church and said, you're crazy. It's three times what your church is. Well, now look at our church. We're over 100, and we'll keep going from there. I guarantee that in and out you guys get crazy and start inviting people and say, hey, in and outs going to be at our church. We'll see 200, 300 people in here. Right? So we start to say, hey, listen, we're not coming off the wall. We're not coming off the wall. There's a good work to be done, and I refuse to quit. I've often asked God why he picked me. I'm uneducated. There's, there's people in this church that are way more educated than, than, than I am in the Bible. They've gone to Bible college, they've gone to seminary, they've done these things. And I asked God, why did you pick me? And I felt like God said, I need a Marine. I need somebody who will not get off the bone. Like won't let it go. Won't give up, won't quit. Are you with me? And I think I'm, I look around the room and I see a whole lot of people who think just like I do. I won't quit, I can't quit. There's too much at stake here. Are you with me? The next generation is at stake. Our our nation is at stake. I want to see this nation remain one nation under God, indivisible. Are you with me? And all I see is that same nation trying to divide itself over and over and over again. 
but you're not going to get me off the wall. You want me to talk about, talk about critical race theory? You're not getting me off the wall. The wall is Jesus. I'm building this thing for him in this place. I'm not here to talk about all these different things. This is not the point. He is the point. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. We miss the point when we start complaining about the music's too loud or this is too much this or I wish they had different coffee. You know, I'm so sick and tired of consumeristic church. I wish we came to church for Jesus instead of the programs. Programs are great, but it's not the point. We got a great kids program. These kids are not in in daycare while you're at church. They are getting the Holy Spirit. They are getting the Word of God. They are being taught how to walk it out, walk out their faith. Are you with me? It's not about the program. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I got asked by quite a few people when we were doing the ice cream thing with the radio on Thursday or Friday, why are you doing this? said it's the local Christian radio station and the church. I didn't say Livingstone Church. I said the church loving on its community. Wow, that's cool. Because they were waiting for, well, what's, what's, what's the catch? I come over and get free ice cream, but what are you trying to sell me? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to love you. Like you've been sold too many times and you need to be, you need to be loved to life. Come and get a free ice cream and just get a hug. Be loved by somebody. Let I want you to know that no matter what religion, race, creed, where you came from, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you're one sex wearing the other sex's clothing. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is you knowing him. I can't fix you. I can't. I can't fix anybody. I can barely fix myself. Are you with me? But he can. He can. And a word like this, as much as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. I'm sitting on the front row shouting this pastor down going, I needed to hear this because God gave me this word for me. Are you with me? He's like, quit getting off the wall, Justin. Quit getting off the wall. I have a work for you to get done and it's going to take you 40 and 50 years if you, don't, if you keep getting off the wall. If you keep, keep paying attention to all the naysayers and all the whining and all the other stuff, go do what I told you to do and they'll be embarrassed for even talking about that kind of stuff. Are you with me? Because it's not the point. It's not the point. Jesus is the point. Somebody say Jesus is the point. Jesus is the point. I will recognize the enemy's plots and respond with God's plans. Point number two. When we choose God's plans, we receive God's guarantees. And point number three. God is faithful to finish his work in you. Somebody shout amen. Stand to your feet for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus it's all about you thank you for picking people like us to carry your word and go out and make disciples of all nations and all men Father God we give you every opportunity here at this church every opportunity within our power to let you do what you want to do God, I put my own pride aside and my own fear aside to do what you've asked me to do. God, I ask that we would all, as one organism, 
as one body, as one family, that we move in that same direction to say, God, here I am, send me. I'm not an evangelist. Well, it doesn't matter if you're an evangelist. You're a person who can speak. Let God use you. I'm not a theologian. It doesn't matter if you're a theologian. It doesn't matter if you understand theology. The word theology just means the understanding of God. Whatever understanding of God you have right now, share it with somebody. Whatever understanding that is, just share it with somebody. See what it could do for their life. God will use you, and he'll use me, and he'll use us to change a nation. Forget about Riverside County. He's changing a nation. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for that. Riverside County is going to come, and God's going to do what he wants to do in and through it. But I'm believing for this nation. I'm believing for this state. I'm believing for this state that I love. Why do blue states get the get the get the beach? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want I want the I want the beach too. Like I want my my conservative values to be known too. Is that okay? Doesn't mean that I don't like you because you have different values to me. See, I already offended people. It's good. I love it. Get offended and then get to work. Okay? We can be offended together, loving one another. That's what God says to do. Did you know that there's no Democrat or Republican in the Bible? There isn't one. There isn't one. Got your Jews and Gentiles, and guess what we all are? Gentiles. The majority of people in here are Gentiles. That means we don't qualify until Jesus said that we qualify. Are you with me? We qualify because he says we qualify. Wear a blue tie, wear a red tie, wear a rainbow tie. I don't really care. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Amen? Is anybody excited this morning? I'm going to ask everybody to sit down again for one moment. It's kind of fun. It feels like Catholic Church for a minute. Sit, kneel, bed, stand. gone to Catholic Church, they're like, this is nothing like Catholic Church. There's nothing wrong with Catholic Church. I, I love people, okay? Don't, man, I'm saying so many offensive things today. Absolutely incredible. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I love everybody. I promise you that. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, now I'm not talking about a relationship with church. You can have a relationship with church all you want and not have a relationship with God. I know a lot of people like that. But if you're here and you want to have a real relationship with God, where God speaks to you, He tells you things, He lets you in on what His purpose for your life is. If you want to have a real relationship with God, and that's you here this morning, I'm going to ask that everybody, eyes closed and heads bowed. The reason I had you sit down is because I just, I want this to be an intimate moment for just a moment. Because I just know that God wants to do something in you. You're asking for him to change your circumstances. He wants to change your character. But if you want something to change in you, this is your moment. So if that's you here this morning, you're like, I, I want a real relationship with God. I want to know what it means to have a relationship with God. If that's you here this morning, can you just raise your hand for me? Let me know that's you. I see your hand, sweetie. I see your hand, brother. I see your hand, sweetie. This is a moment where things shift. 
you go from just doing a religious thing that you do on Sunday to I want this real relationship with God where God speaks to me and I walk with Him. It can shift. You could have had this religious thing your whole life, but you're like, I've never had that, and I want that. Is that anybody else in here? I see your heart so sweet. Come on. I can't see your heart. I can see your hand. God can see your heart. I see your hand, brother. If you raise your hand in here or you're watching online and you raise your hand on your couch or you raise your hand in your car as you're driving, whatever you're doing right now, if you're in Texas, you're in Estonia, you're in Mexico, wherever you're watching from, I'm going to pray for you right now. This is a moment between you and Jesus, and I want you to pray with me. Why don't you just say, dear Jesus, here I am. I don't know what to do. I don't know what having a relationship with you looks like, but I want it. Jesus, I give you my life today, and I ask that you would change me from the inside. God, that you'd make me who you created me to be. And then I can walk with you and hear your voice and know you personally. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin and how I fall short every day. And help me to be more like you day in and day out. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody lift up a shout in this place. Come on. We had four people raise their hands this morning. We got three people getting baptized this afternoon. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy. He deserves all the attention. Not the bickering. Not the donkeys versus elephants. None of this stuff matters. It's all getting you off the wall. Let's build this thing for Jesus. Let's see what God can do in our city. I was sitting back here this morning with Pete. And I was telling him, I had a moment while I was sitting back there. There's something anointed about that sound booth, I got to tell you. There's some anointed people back there. But as I was sitting back there for a minute, I told Pete, I said, hey, you know, God tells me all the time with my boys when they irritate the crud out of me. He's, I always get reminded by God, enjoy this. Because you're going to miss this one day. You're going to miss them asking you to read another book before they go to sleep. You're going to miss that one day. Are you with me? And I said, Pete, I felt it just in this moment as I stood in that sound booth and I looked out and I saw the chairs and the, and the curtains and our worship team with wires everywhere. and I, Like everything is, is here and we did it and we made it happen and it's beautiful and it's awesome. But he said, all those little things that irritate you about building a church like this, you're going to miss this. You're going to miss this. Just like my three-year-old just turned four, this church is turning three, and in a few years, we won't recognize it. It won't be what we're looking at right now. And that's okay. It's okay for kids to grow up, isn't it? As we look at our little four-year-old, like, oh, I want you to stay small and cute forever. He turned a new leaf, and I wish he was still three. Are you with me? Like, four is a little crazy right now. Three was fun. Like, four, what the heck happened? I don't know. Come on. Some of you have teenagers. You know what I'm talking about. You used to be cute and cuddly and fun, and what the heck happened? You know what? 
Church is cute, cuddly, and fun. It's good. It's beautiful just the way it is. But God wants it to grow. He wants it to mature. He wants it to be more effective. My four-year-old's not effective when I ask him to clean something up. Are you with me? Yesterday, he put lettuce and onions and stuff. He had his little salad. He thought it'd be fun to throw it around. So it's all over the whole house. The dog ate stuff he shouldn't eat off of that. I'm sitting there, okay, buddy, it's time to clean this up. Right? He started cleaning it up. He didn't clean it up, you know. There's still lettuce everywhere by the time he was done cleaning it up. God sees that in us too. He's like, it's cute what we're doing right now, and it's awesome, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. When your kid takes their first step, you're like, that's awesome. But when they take a step at 16, you're like, good for you. It's time to clean your room. Are you with me? It's time to get some stuff done. Are you with me? Right? It's not so cute that you took a step now. You can roll over all you want, but get your butt out of bed. Are you with me? Somebody's with me today. What we're doing right now is a good work. And what it will look like from a year from now won't look the same. And what it will look like in two years from now won't look the same. Five years from now, not at all the same. Ten years from now, it will be completely different. I guarantee you if you say yes to Jesus and you're sitting in this room right now, you might just be somebody who attends this church. But if you'll let God get a hold of your life, you'll be somebody who leads this church. You'll lead people. You're not qualified, neither am I. Good, we're in good company. Are you with me? We can do this. We can dumbfound the wise. People say, get off the walls. You can't do it like that. It doesn't work like that. You're not qualified enough to get off of me. i got stuff to do. Are you with me? While you're complaining about it, I'm doing it. Amen? I want that to be your mantra right now. I want that to be what you're saying to yourself over and over again. That, that you're going like, hey, I'm a, I'm a doer, not a talker. I'm a doer, not a talker. I'm a doer, not a talker. Come on, let's go build the church together. Building the church is building people. Anybody scared of people? Good, you're in good company again. Until I started preaching and doing it all, as much as I have, I was so shy and so scared. So if you're shy and scared, you could be up here in a few years preaching like a crazy person. Are you with me? Just sweating all over. The sweat anointing mother-in-law loves that. She's like, I believe in you so much. And more important than me believing you is that Jesus believes in you. He created you for a purpose. A purpose that He intends to get done. You're not disqualified. It doesn't matter how many things you've done or where you've been or what you're about to do this week. And when we preach about similar things in the coming weeks, you're still going to feel like, I'm just not good enough. I can't do it. I would say consult your maker. Let's go back to the instructions. Four-year-olds get toys with a lot of pieces. I had to revert back to the instructions many times when it wasn't coming together the way I thought it should. Are you with me? If I was smart, I'd just read the instructions in the first place, right? Are you with <laughs> I've got a few men in here. Yeah. I can do this. They, they, they can't make something at, at play school that I can't put together. Come to Fight Club on Thursday. Come to Fight Club on Thursday, men. 
We're not a bunch of theologians that know more than you and talk about Jesus and you don't know what to talk about. Listen, just come as you are. Come to Fight Club. Ladies, go to ladies' night. What do you got there? Oh, I didn't know if you had a note for me. Trying to paint your team. Thank you, Vanna. Oh, I love you too. I don't want this to end today, but we got to go make some hot dogs and, and play in the sand and, and get some get some tans on all y'all. Yeah, water slide. I can't wait to hear some, some people screaming as they go down the water slide. Pastor Sarah, when she went down our water slide the first time, it was the funniest thing, man. So, so good. Ah! Like for a whole five seconds of that whole water slide, you know. You're like, whoa. I wish we had. Did we get it on video? Did we get that on video, Pastor Sarah? I was going to say, let's get that on the screen right now. But anyway. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Give somebody a high five. Come ready to eat some hot dogs. If you don't like hot dogs, eat lunch before you get there, and we can have fun. And uh, we're going to go have fun in the sun, okay? We love you. If anybody wants to get baptized, get on the app. Let me know. I'll get your stuff done before we get there, and we'll make it happen. All right? We love you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week.